It is normally the custom I ask you to stand when reading the scripture, but this is a long passage today, so I'm going to give you privilege of sitting down, but we still honor it as God's infallible and inerrant word. From the 24th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, we read an account of the resurrection day, an account not set in Jerusalem, but set on the roads leading away from Jerusalem. Now behold, two of them, and this them has reference to Jesus' disciples, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? The other one, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, that is Jesus, said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it, it was he that was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these things, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb were astonished us when they did not find his body. They came and said they had seen a vision of angels and said he was alive. And certainly of those who were with us, went to certain ones of those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? At the beginning, at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and all the things concerning himself. And they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would go farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven disciples who were gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened to them on the road. And how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. 
This is one of my favorite resurrection passages, and particularly a favorite passage as we share the Lord's Supper. These followers of Jesus, like those that were in Jerusalem, were brokenhearted. They were filled with sorrow. As they said, we had hoped that Jesus was the one that would save Israel. Their dreams had been shattered by his death. Many times I have stood with some of you and with many people through my almost 50 years of ministry and stood by a graveside, a gravesite that was closed, covered with flowers, and held the hands of friends and family in Christ that had just endured the death of a loved one. I, too, in recent years have myself stood by the graveside of precious families and friends as we laid them in the earth for their final resting place. But because of the resurrection of Christ, I can say to their final resting place until, until, he comes again. You see, the resurrection for the believer who knows Christ and has walked with him and who has trusted, the resurrection of Christ is the promise that all sorrow shall be overcome. I love the book of Revelation, particularly in the 25th chapters portions where it describes what it will be like in heaven. I've looked at the tears in my people's eye as they've given up a loved one from this world. And I have wiped away my own tears from time to time. But my thought goes to the coming back of the Lord who God victoriously raised from the dead and the promise that in heaven every tear he himself will wipe away. You see, my friends, what the resurrection witnesses to us that God is in charge. I thought about entitling today's sermon, April Fool on You, Devil. <laughs> but in a way, we need to realize that, that the resurrection is the witness to the whole world of God's sovereign power, His power over everything, even death itself. Now the world doesn't know that. 
The world doesn't really know what to do with death, does it? Sadly, many times I read in the paper, a person dies, and you have the words. You see it more and more, don't you? No service planned. I saw that just this morning as I read the obituaries from uh, Lexington, North Carolina, where I lived for so long, of a person that I just was acquainted with. I didn't know him. No service. The world doesn't know what to do with death. It makes up its own fantasies. Um, the uh, Shirley MacLaine, the actress, she, she believes in reincarnation. Um, ask any untouchable in, in Hinduism if reincarnation's a good idea. They'll say it's a burden, it's a terrible thing. Well, of course, it's false also. It's false. But, but people try to work with, but I remind you that the Savior we serve is the only one who was raised from the dead. And for those skeptics, as I often remind each of you, but I remind you again today, that the resurrection of the dead, of, from the dead of Jesus Christ is a proven fact. It is a proven fact, firstly, in how the, the, the rulers in Jerusalem dealt with the news when the soldiers finally came to from being frightened over the sight of the resurrection. When they came to, they went to the leaders, and those political leaders do what political leaders always do. They said, here, we'll cover this problem up with money. You take the money and tell them the disciples stole the body as though those disciples could have possibly overcome those armed centurions, the best troops in the world. But it just covered up. That's so true to the way things happen in the world, isn't it? Your congressmen have illicit affairs in Washington, D.C. And how do they deal with it? They take your tax money, pay people off, and cover it up. There's something wrong with that picture. But the reaction of the rulers points to the truth of the event. And perhaps the, the greatest evidence of proof are the lives of the apostles themselves. Every one of them, with the exception of St. John, died a martyr's death. All that would have been required for them to have avoided death was to deny Jesus was Lord and that he was raised from the dead and they would have been let off. But they died to the man. And not only them. You know, there were 500 other people that saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. More evidence. And they could have escaped persecution by denying. You can go to the grave of the Buddha. You can go to the grave of Muhammad. You can go to the grave of the great Hindu teachers. 
but you cannot go to the grave of Jesus because he's alive. And that brings sorrow, real sorrow, to an end. I had a lady in my church who, who had one son, a little son. I understand he was really sweet. And for some reason, one day, coming across the street to go to church, he slipped away, was hit, and killed. I suppose there's probably no pain more profound than losing a child. It hurts to lose a spouse. It hurts to lose a mama or a daddy. But I hope I never know what it is like to lose a child or a grandchild. But this lady's testimony coming through all of her sorrow was this. I know I will see him again. And how does she know that? She know, knew that because, because that child belonged to Jesus. She belongs to Jesus. And for everyone who is in Christ, all separations are just temporary. They may seem forever, but they're temporary. About five years ago, she died. And I know she saw her boy. But none of that would have happened, you see, if Jesus had not given his life on the cross for us to make us worthy to enter into the presence of God. His blood cleansed us. I don't care what the world tells you, believer, about yourself. You, in Christ, are clean. When God looks at you through the blood of Christ, all he sees is your holiness. Did you know that? And the holy shall see God. Blessed are the righteous, for they shall see God. The pure of heart who love him purely. Blessed are they. Those are the truly righteous because they've been made righteous in him. The resurrection means that all who believe in Christ will have life eternal. I've often told my children that the most important thing in their life is to have a living faith relationship with Jesus Christ. And I told some person the, I love very much, just a week before last, I love very much that, that, that when I invited him to accept Christ as his Savior, he said, I'm not ready. And I said, my, my dear brother, I, I want to see you in heaven. That's what we want for all of our loved ones, isn't it? 
to see them in heaven. But the only way I'll see you, I said, was that if you receive Christ and he makes you clean, then I will see you. Jesus rose victorious. One of the reasons that I love this passage today so much is a a number of points in there, but But you see, these men on the road were disciples, but they weren't part of the inner circle. Did you know know that? Cleopas was not one of the 12. But they still belonged to Jesus, didn't they? And he went to where they were, didn't he? And when he sat down and broke the bread just as we're going to break the bread in a minute, they saw what it meant that it was him. And he vanished from them. And what does it say? Don't you remember this? Don't you remember how when he opened the scriptures to us and and taught us on the road how, how our hearts were warmed? You know, that happens when you come into the presence of the Lord. Your insides get warm, don't they? It may be hearing our choir sing. Oh, you warmed my heart today when you sang my favorite song. But it wasn't you that was warming it, was it? It was the acknowledgement that we were singing about him who loves us, even though there's no way we can figure out why. That is a witness of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, reading the Word of God, I, I, I get, in my office, I get so filled with, with joy and warmth. I know it's the presence of the Lord. And just like those, He seeks you out wherever you are. Whatever your circumstances, He seeks you out. He wants you to know Him and to acknowledge Him and to realize Him as Lord. And that's the way the sorrow in your life, the only way it's going to ever be overcome. I've got great sorrow in my life for my sins. I don't preach to you as as a, a person that has lived a good life. As a portion of my life, it was not good. It was an abomination before God. And I was sorry for that, and I still repent over it. But that sorrow is put to an end. Do you know that? For that has been washed away through his forgiving grace. Hallelujah. I used to worry about death. You ever been there? Worrying about dying? I don't worry about dying. The sorrow and sting of death is gone. I may dread the dying process, but I don't worry about it. Because I know that when I die, when I die, that's when I will really begin to live. For the Apostle Paul says that this old body of corruption must be put in the ground because corruption can't inherit the incorruptible. I've got a new and glorious body. A body when I'll have hair on the front of my head as well as on the back. 
a body that doesn't know any pain. Because Jesus lives, we know we too shall live, and we shall live in his glorious presence. Easter brings the end to sorrow and fear. I had a dear old aunt. I used to stay with them every summer and worked on their farm. Aunt Sarah Rigney. She was my mother's sister. We used to sing at her little church songs. And when they would sing victory in Jesus, her face would light up. I mean, literally light up and just radiated joy. And she would say to us, I've gained the victory in Jesus, and heaven is my home. She was able to say that because she knew that God in his sovereign power raised Jesus from the dead as a sign of hope to all who believe in him. If you don't truly have Jesus as your Lord today, you have no ultimate hope. You're going to have some nice things happen to you in life here and there. You're going to have some bad things happen to you in life here and there. That's the situation of every human being. As my mother used to quote, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. But you have no hope because at the end of your life, death is going to cancel everything you ever had and ever were. Now, if there's a person in here today that's not saved, that has not surrendered their life to Jesus, you better hear what I'm saying. The resurrection is not about you. It is for you. But it's not about you. It does not come become about you until you repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ and seek to serve and glorify and honor him because he saved you. That's the people for whom the resurrection brings the end of all sorrow. The resurrection is an illustration Of the failure of the world. You see it was the world. That sought to kill Jesus. And suppress his message. And that effort then. And as it's being exercised even around us now. Fails. For Jesus is truly the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And when all things fall, and they will fall someday, I think unless there's a great national revival, the United States is a few years from falling. 
all things of the world pass away. But Jesus said, my word does not pass away. His word on this Resurrection Sunday to us all is this. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavily laden. I will give you peace. Oh, friends, I tell you, that's a peace that does not pass away. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. The resurrected Lord still says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None cometh unto the Father except through me. My friends, you who belong to Jesus, your future is joy, peace, and light, and life because of the fact that he lives, so shall you. What a day. What a day when we all see Jesus. What a day, what a glorious day. That will be. And because the resurrection, that glorious day is coming. And because of true faith in Jesus, that day is coming for us all. Resurrection day is the day of victory over sorrow and over death. As Paul says, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who has given us the victory in Jesus Christ.